to Say It Southern, aspiring to live not just as moms, but as modern Southern women, we began this project to hear from those who inspire us and recognize those who are achieving their own personal goals. Listen in as we celebrate the South and those who say it Southern. Our partner, Renaissance Bank, is a true Southern bank that started in Tupelo, Mississippi 115 years ago. With over 190 locations scattered throughout the Southeast, there's a good chance there's a Renaissance location near you. If you're looking for a bank that understands you and your financial needs, check Renaissance out at renaissancebank.com or on social media. Today, we are talking with a self-care blogger, digital content creator, and podcast host of Rewritten. We are going to explore the idea of destination addiction, which means always looking for the next best thing. And then you're never truly satisfied with where you are at the moment. Y'all, this one is so good, and we are so excited for you to get to meet our new beautiful and lovely friend. So please join us as we say it Southern with Aisha Bowe. Today we've got Aisha Bow with us, and we're so excited to have her on, Sarah. She is, how old are you, Aisha? 32? Uh-huh. I'm 31. I'll be 31. 32 in Look, I was putting a year on her. 31, <laughs> and she's a podcast host, a speaker, an influencer. A She was doing content creation. She worked in fashion. I mean, the girl... <laughs> Has lived more lives than I even know how to talk about. Uh huh. And thirty one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes me really tired, honestly. <laughs> and it's so funny that you say that because I'm looking at these like twenty six year olds and I'm like, why are they doing so much? I'm just like, oh my god, I need to do more. Like I'm so behind. So yeah, it's. I just feel like it's a it's a cyclical thing. We're all just like, wait, but what? What yeah. are you doing now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you started as a fashion publicist, right? Is that Was that your yes. first job? Yes, some, uh-huh. it was. It was. My first job out of college. Um, I actually went to school uh, initially for journalism, and I had interned at a magazine, and I just, I don't know, there was a show out at the time. It was called... Um, Power Girls. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it was on, it was on MTV at the time. It's called Power Girls. And I, it was about these women in New York City who were publicists. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I just feel, I felt myself to be more of, at the time, I felt myself more of a, a strategy person, someone who was working directly with brands um, as opposed to at a magazine. So I started to look more into PR and then I made the switch um, while I was in school and I started interning um, in different fashion PR internships. And then my first job out was at one of uh, one of the most prominent um, fashion PR firms in New York City. And I remember um, I interned with them a little bit before, uh, before going and working with them full time. And I remember one of my first things that I had to do was to escort, I think it was like Ashley Tisdale to her seat at a, <laughs> at a fashion week show. And I literally, we walked out and I froze (laughs) because they were like, the paparazzi was like taking pictures of her and Uh it was just like, it was just so much. And I was just like, 
It's not about you. You need to bring this poor woman to her seat. Uh Take her out Uh of here. So um, that was like my first foray into it. But then, um, you know, I eventually got it together and they hired me full time. And um, I started, you know, working with a number of amazing brands like David Yerman, Diane von Furstenberg, Makaj, like so many different brands. And, you know, putting together Fashion Week shows, helping with strategy and product launches, events and whatnot. And it was a very, very fast paced industry. So it yeah, sounds it was, very it was, glamorous. Yes. Very it's sex in the city. Very you know. <laughs> um, Devil Wears Prada. Yes. Yeah. It was definitely very Devil Wears Prada. You know, it was a little cutthroat. Uh, but so I definitely got, a, you know, even thicker skin through yeah. <laughs> through working in the fashion industry. Um, it was it was a, it was a great experience. And there were a lot of times where I was, you know, at different events or, you know, doing certain things that really got me out of my comfort zone and got me to see and experience so much more. Um, you know, I grew up in Florida and, um, you know, just I, I, I want to say like my life was a lot different than it was in New York. And it was just like a lot more fast paced. And um, it definitely was, it definitely did have its glamorous moments, but there was a lot of hard work behind the scenes. You know, there was a lot of planning that went into it, you know, a lot of pushback from clients, like wanting this and wanting it to go that way. So I definitely learned early on to, you know, just roll with the punches and to be creative and really scrappy, um, which I think helps me now as an entrepreneur. But yeah, it was it was definitely a, a fun time uh, and a very big learning experience for me sure. early on. Yeah. Moving on from that, how did you, because you transitioned from that into content creating, correct? Like when did Instagram come around and you go, okay, there's something a little bit more that I want to Yeah. So I started just one Instagram like popped up because I had started fashion before Instagram was like, right. (laughs) And then when it came about, I remember just like sharing little tidbits of, you know, fashion week and the brands I was working with, the clothes I was wearing and just, you know, going out with my friends and stuff. And I really enjoyed it. Um, and I remember I used to get stopped because living in New York, you're always on the train and people are just, you know, they just want to like stop and have conversations. Mm-hmm. So like other women would just, um, come up to me and just ask me different questions about like my skincare routine, makeup, hair, and it just came so natural to me to talk about it. And I remember one time in particular, this woman, she and I were literally talking for like two or three train stops. And she was like, do you work in the beauty industry? She was like, because you're just so, you talk about it so well and you just seem so enthusiastic. And I think when I got off that at that next stop, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I think I want to start a blog and, you know, just do it as a hobby and, and see what happens. You know, at the time, bloggers were starting to come up a little bit more, but I didn't really think of it as something that I could use to generate an income or that would be, you know, my be all end all. I think at the same time, this was about two years, I want to say about two years before, or two or three years before I decided to, to make a shift and leave the fashion industry. And I think around that time, so going into it, I was like, I want to be the head of communications for a luxury fashion brand. That was my goal. Like when I graduated, that was it. 
And I, you know, worked my way up. You know, I, I cried in, in private. <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, rubbed elbows with who I needed to and was doing all the right things. And I finally got to that position at 27. Yeah, girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm really proud of myself. And I need to give myself the credit. But at the time, I was just like, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's here. Like, I'm, you know, leading PR for this major fashion brand. And I got there and I still wasn't feeling fulfilled. Mm. I had put so much energy into getting to that point in my life and like I'm going to be the head of communications for a fashion brand I'm going to be here I'm going to work my way up I'm going to do this and all of this is going to be worth it and when I got there I realized that I just I still was unhappy I still wasn't feeling fulfilled I had I'm someone who I always know like I have a, a very clear path in my life and I knew that I wanted to rise in the ranks of wherever I was. I didn't really have that entrepreneurial spirit at the time. And so it was kind of a shocker for me to have made it to where I wanted to be and not be happy. So, you know, I still had my blog. It was, I had it for about two years at that point. And I, for the first time, had a panic attack in the office mm. and I had always been able to, you know, suck it up and, you know, keep going and moving forward. And in that moment, I was like this, you know, something's got to give. I think I had also started like my self love journey around that time and really started to be more introspective and thinking about what serves me and what doesn't. And I think that helped to open up my eyes to what it is I really deserved. And I realized that this wasn't it anymore. And I just had this little blog and I was like, uh, I'm just, my fiance was like, you should just quit. And I was like, or, well, he's my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, he's like, you should just quit. And I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're going to give me the go ahead. Yeah. So, um, I ended up leaving and I was just like, I'm just going to put my all into this blog. I don't know what's going to come of it. And I started opening up about my mental health journey. I started talking more about wellness and lifestyle and, you know, all the things in between. And that was how I transitioned into this life of influencer done. But it, it was, it was, it was, that's like the abbreviated version, but <laughs> I, you know, I transitioned to doing it full time. Um, I was struggling to figure out some sort of income for myself. So I started freelance writing for different media outlets and I started writing about wellness and personal development. Um, and eventually that started to catch on and I started to, you know, get more paid opportunities that way. But I continued to like stick with Instagram, stick with my blog, my YouTube channel, and that eventually continued to grow and my audience started to grow and I've gotten into a really great groove and flow now. Um, and I'm feeling really good because I'm able to, you know, monetize from partnerships on Instagram, on YouTube, and I recently launched a podcast last year. So yes. it's just opened up a whole new world for me. Um, yeah. And that, that was my transition story. I hope it was. Yeah. <laughs> I know I could be a little long winded. No, I, I love wanna, it. I want to go back to what you were talking about when you reached your job at 27 and you found mm. yourself in this place where you had, had longed to be. And then once you're there. You checked the boxes. Yeah. You did it. And then it's not, not what you thought it was going to be, or, you know, yeah. you weren't happy. 
And we as women do this all the time. And mm-hmm. Courtney and I have listened to one of your episodes in Rewritten, your podcast, um, where you're talking about the destination addiction. Yeah, yeah. That is something that I feel is so near and dear because, like you said, it's something that plagues a lot of us. Destination addiction is essentially the preoccupation with what's next, what's to come, and that your happiness is in someplace else and someplace in the the future. You know, like, I'll be happy when I get engaged. I'll Mm -hmm. be happy when I you know, finally lose X amount of pounds. Mm -hmm. I'll be happy when I get this raise. I'll be happy when, instead of trying to figure out how you can be happy right now. And I was definitely living in that loop. I was going through each and every day, like, I'll be happy when I get this title. I'll be happy when I'm finally making this salary. And I got it and I was not happy. And that's because I wasn't cultivating my happiness. I wasn't living in the moment. I wasn't finding gratitude in the things that I had and the blessings that were all around me. And I think, uh, I think it's just like, it's definitely a hard uh, thing to get out of, but it's possible. And I think it just takes a lot of practicing gratitude. Um, I started, I've been writing in a gratitude journal now for a few years mm-hmm. and it's like this little pocket sized journal. And I write down like, well now it's expanded, but originally it was just five things I'm grateful for each day. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking little things like I'm grateful for the fact that it was 50 degrees out today. I'm grateful that I didn't hit snooze this morning. You know, I'm <laughs> grateful that my, I'm grateful that my fiance cooked dinner, yes. <laughs> you know, like I'm grateful for, all of the little things. And it also helps you during the day because you're like, you know, I'm just like on my computer and I get like a text from a friend and she's like, Hey girl, there's a sale at so-and-so. And I'm just like, Oh, I can add this to my gratitude journal. <laughs> you know, like it's just, you're just, you're thinking about all the little things that make you smile or bring you joy throughout the day. And I think that helps you to really like live more in the present, just like leaning into that gratitude. Do you feel like this is something that you were, you know, raised doing? Did somebody teach you how to do this? Because I feel like you're very intuitive and you're very, I mean, the words that keep coming up, I wrote them down, are you're so brave to just think that you can take a job out of high school, I mean, out of college, do what you want to do, and then you get it. And then you're like, well, I'll quit it. (laughs) I mean, all those things are like really brave in the first place. And then your grit, you're so driven. But this gratitude thing, I feel like is maturity. I feel like it's taken a long time to get to the point where you realize you got to have that before you're happy anywhere else. And so what practices did you have growing up that kind of, you know, created that or fostered that within you? Um, so the thing is, I had a very tumultuous upbringing in okay. childhood. So there was like a lot going on at my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, I had to go inward quite often. And okay. I had to, you know, turn into myself and look on the bright side. And I kind of bottled a lot up growing up and as a, you know, as a young person. So I feel like those experiences, um, have really helped me a lot now because I've kind of gone through, like nothing can be worse than than what I've gone through. So (laughs) I can, you know, I can, I can get it together. So I don't feel like it started from when I was younger. I feel like this is an epiphany that I had like in 
you know, in the recent years. I think I was just fed up with being fed up. I was tired of, you know, being unhappy. I was tired of, you know, feeling like I wasn't good enough or allowing my childhood or the traumas that I've experienced to dictate how I'm going to live my life. And I think once I, you know, got tired of that and I sought help because I started seeing a therapist, um, I want to say like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, four years ago, I started seeing a therapist and that really helped me. <clears throat> that helped me a lot because I had an outlet. I had someone to talk to. And um, prior to seeing her, I started, I was just reading, I was searching online. I was like, what can I do to just help myself to feel better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and I, I honestly don't know where it came from. Uh, it, it's weird, though, because my mom asked me the same thing. She's like, where did you learn this? <laughs> she, like, reads my articles, and she's like, who taught you this? <laughs> she's like, you're teaching me so much. And, you know, um, I, I don't know. I think it's just, like, I'm, I'm really on this, like, path of, like, self-preservation. And just I really just want to be happy and fulfilled. And so I'm going to do that by any means necessary because when I'm at my best, everything around me falls into place. And I've, you know, I really try my hardest to preserve that. And I think we don't put ourselves first enough and, you know, not putting ourselves first in the sense where we're like going out on shopping sprees all the time and, you know, not answering our friends' phone calls, but putting yourself first in that, like giving yourself rest when you need to. And, you know, taking time away when you need to from other people and other distractions or getting up a little earlier so that you don't have to like dive into, you know, helping your, your husband or your kids or whatever it is that you have going on. And so I, I don't know where it came from, but I just, I think it was more so just me being like, well, am I going to live a life of being tired and angry and, you know, (laughs) frustrated or am I going to, you know, try to figure it out? Yeah. My New Year's resolution was this year was me to take care of me this year because I have all I've got three small children and so I really I do so much for them <laughs> and uh, I was kind of fed up with it. I'm like this year I'm going to start working out again I'm going to focus on myself every you know all in all areas and here we are coming on March and like I'm really not I haven't started working out I'm really not <laughs> doing much so what advice would you give me where what do I need to be doing. Yeah. Well, first off, you got to give yourself some grace. You are a mom, Mm -hmm. you know, you are a working mom. You're doing, you know, all of these extracurricular activities. So give yourself some grace. It happens. It's funny because I actually recently wrote an article on, there's a study that shows that, um, by mid February, 80% of new year's goals fall by the wayside. So You are not alone. <laughs> so let's get the, let's get very clear on that. You're not alone and you should just give yourself grace and you can start tomorrow. You can start next week. You can start next Friday, you know? You can start, but also start small. That's what I always suggest to people, starting small because a lot of times we have all these big ambitions. Oh, I'm going to start working out 7 times a week. I'm going to throw out everything in my refrigerator and eat only healthy (laughs) organic food, you know, and and that just is not conducive to anything. So I think starting small and finding maybe that, that quiet 10 minutes, like maybe instead of hitting snooze in the morning, you just like, all right, you're just going to power through and get up. So you have this 15 minutes 
to just breathe, to just be be still and be with yourself for that time. And I think from there, you can then increase it. Because I started meditating and I started at five minutes. I was like, I'm going to see if I can sit here quietly for five minutes. I did that for a few weeks. Then I moved it up to 10 minutes. Then I moved it up to 15. And I think a lot of times people feel meditation is you sitting there like home and like nothing is going through your mind. Mm -hmm. But meditation, in my opinion, is the practice of getting back to center. So if you sit there for five minutes and you have gotten yourself to get back to your breath 20 times, that's going to help you during the day when you need to get back to your breath because you've already had that practice. So when your kids are stressing you out, when your husband is being annoying, you can get back to center, you can get back to your breath because you practice that, you know, earlier in the day. So um, I would say just start small, taking a few minutes for yourself, you know, um, taking a lot and also bringing the routine with your kid, bringing your kids into the routine. Hey, mommy's going to take her 15 minutes today, you know, or telling your husband or your significant other, I'm going to take this 10 minutes and just, you know, adding on to it as the days go on. And in terms of working out, you can start out by stretching, get up in the morning and just do a stretch. Mm -hmm. And I know you're going to feel good if you do it for one week or if you do it for three days and that, you know, feeling good with the little things helps to bring on that big change and that big momentum. Um, because I've definitely been that person who like tries to be over ambitious and like aims too high. And I'm just like, well, if I need to scale it back because now I don't want to do it at all. I'm like, I'm so fed up and like, screw this goal. Like I'm out of here. Totally. You know? I just want to be, get in the bed with my weighted blanket yeah. Yeah. to my exactly. eyeballs. I've got too yeah. much on my plate. I just need, I got, I got to have a second. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't, you, you don't need to like be, you know, this big fitness guru by next week. Like you can definitely just start small, maybe go for a walk. Like, I think that's working out. That's getting your body moving. So it's the little things and like not taking them for granted for sure. Mm -hmm. It's funny because we have this new opportunity coming up with, um, say at Southern where we are actually hitting the road and doing kind of like, kind of like what you've done with your IGTV and your YouTube channel, kind of like a webisode uh, thing yeah. with Renaissance Bank, our sponsor. And, um, so we had talked about it for a while and just kind of came into like with the contracts and everything being laid out probably about what, three weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. Where really. everything, well, honey, that ain't enough time to lose 50 pounds. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know that's right. We can drink all the diarrhea tea in the South and we were not ready for what this is. And so... It's kind of one of those things that, I mean, I don't know if you're nervous, but I'm a little nervous about going on and, you know, videoing all these things. And I want to be happy with the, you know, with the turnout. But it's it's that same overwhelming mentality of like, it, and it works hand in hand with your destination addiction and like getting rid of the things that no longer serve you because you just feel so overwhelmed in the moment of like doing it all and doing it all right. And you want to be your best self. And like Sarah said, her resolution is her, you know, how do we get ready in a week and a half to hit the road? You know? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So first off, congratulations. Thank that sounds you. amazing. Oh, that's We're so cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, are you, are you going to come up to New Jersey at all? Or? <laughs> well, you know what? We'll get that on the list. We will. <laughs> no, but that's amazing. Um, I mean, I think, okay, so you have a week and a half. Yep. And what, well, what's your goal? Like, what do you want to 
what do you need to get ready? Like, what's your intention right now before, you know, getting on the road? I think you have to think about that. That's good. Like, what is, you know, it's like, you can't be like, well, I want to, I want to lose weight. I want to buy all these new clothes. I want to make sure that we, you know, like, what do you do? Don't stress yourself out about it. Like what what your intention is that you just want to be, you know, calm and ready for it. I don't know. I I don't know what it is for you, but I think you have to find out like, what's, what's my intention for this? Okay. So now I'm going to, I think what you, you know what you need to figure out what your intention is for the entire trip. That's true. Mm -hmm. What is is it that you want to get out of this trip? Mm -hmm. Do you want to, you know, increase your audience or do you want to maybe just get away for a little bit? Hello. Uh-huh. <laughs> and really in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yes. And like bask in that moment. I think that's what you have to figure out first. And from there, just start, you know, doing little things to get yourself ready. I don't think this is enough time to go on a weight loss journey. No. <laughs> I think that, uh, that's like the least of the worries right now. I feel like you look stunning. Yeah, oh, you're sweet. You're doing this for a reason. They yeah. ask you to do this for a reason. You got an audience for a reason. So that is the least of the worries. I think right now you should just be focusing on what it is you want to feel while you're on this trip and what you want to take away from it and the memories that you're going to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to just make this next week and a half hopefully zoom by and just feel a little bit, you know, calmer. And you'll also just be more excited because you're not putting so much pressure on yourself. Like, oh, I got to do this and this and this and right. this. Right. Yeah. Packing and, you know, maybe like getting some, some hot new dresses or something. But I'm saying. <laughs> then I don't think you should put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. But it's the same thing about you meeting a goal. And like, we never had this in the forecast for this podcast, you know, and just like you with your opportunities, once you move it to, full-time blogging and your YouTube and your Instagram and all the things. I saw you posted the story that you were in a commercial you didn't even know about. Girl, let me tell you. I was like, <laughs> I have to like go back and like look at the fine print. I was like, what is this? Did I sign off my rights for this? <laughs> Lo and behold, I did. Uh, everyone, please be sure to look at the usage rights and the fine prints. Yeah. <laughs> single contract as I because that was the second person who told me I was in like some commercial and I was like what commercial so anyways that was I mean it's exciting yeah wait what happened I missed this yeah (laughs) tell her I did a partnership with a um, meal kit brand and it was on my YouTube channel and they like paid me to put it on my YouTube channel. Fine. And it was one of those moments where I was just, like so busy and I just like wasn't paying attention. I was just, like, sure, I'll sign up. I'll do it. And I never looked at the usage rights. I always look at usage and I always like charge extra if they want to do any paid ads or anything like that. Did not do it this time. And of course, the one time I don't, I'm in an ad on Hulu. Apparently, mm-hmm. I haven't even seen it yet. Um, but yeah, I'm included in an ad and Again, it's exciting. It's really cool. But I could have negotiated some more money for yeah. that. Sure. Oh, yes. You're like, I do. I teach people how to do this. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I'm like, oh, my God, rookie mistake. <laughs> you know? So um, so that was interesting to, uh, to see this morning. But, yeah, definitely, you know, being a girl boss can sometimes be a little tedious. I'm sure you understand. Yeah, and we want to take advantage of all the opportunities because the opportunities are so great. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, you, you've got to, 
it's got to encompass all the things. You know, it's got to make yeah. sense for you and make sense for the journey and can't add. We don't want it to t- to take away from what we've already got. We just want it to add to it, you know, so. Yes, exactly. And be happy there. So, mm-hmm. so how long have you been doing your podcast? Ooh, so I've been doing it now. Oh my gosh, it'll be, I just looked at the calendar. It'll be a year in a week. Happy yeah. anniversary. Yay, yay. <laughs> That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, really excited. My podcast is my baby. Yeah. Um, I, cause my ultimate goal, so I do, you know, I have done some more speaking engagements as of late, but my ultimate goal is to hopefully be more of like a motivational, inspirational speaker and like have different summits and, and, you know, and, um, like getaways for women and things like that. So my podcast is kind of my like practice run for my, my, my big speaking career that I envision. <laughs> and, um, so it's called rewritten. And the entire premise is it's based on it's the foundation is self-love and it's just about like rewriting your narrative. Um, Because I feel in my life I've rewritten my narrative a few times, as we've discussed. And, um, you know, rewriting your narrative, I say this like in the intro, but it's not about, you know, moving away and changing your name or cutting people off in your life. It's about opening yourself up to the possibilities that life has to offer. And to not being afraid to pivot or not being afraid to um, allow yourself to feel love, allow yourself to say no, you know, allowing yourself all of these things that life has to offer. And so in each episode, um, I'm talking about a different, you know, self-love or self-care topic that essentially circles back to, you know, rewriting your narrative or helping yourself to find more fulfillment in your life. And the episodes that I do by myself are usually between about seven to like 11 minutes. I keep them pretty short. So something you can like listen to first thing in the morning, midday, or right before bed. Um, and then I do have some episodes where I interview guests and those are obviously much longer, you know, cause we get into it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, love, love the podcast and I, you know, I'm just working on growing it and whatnot, but yeah, self-love is so important in my opinion, because when you love yourself, you're more likely to, you know, not take any crap from anybody. You're, you're not going to, you know, take on opportunities that don't serve you. You're going to leave jobs that are making you miserable. You're going to leave boyfriends that are making you miserable. (laughs) So Um, you know, so I feel like self-love is really the foundation for everything in life. Mm -hmm. There was a quote I read that you said that says the person you need to love most is yourself because that's who you live with forever. Yes, it is. It really is. And the person you hear from the most is yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you're sitting around, you know, you're thinking all day, like no one speaks to you as much as you do. So I think getting, you know, making your inner critic, your inner cheerleader is Mm. super important. That's great. You're talking to me. You're talking to me. <laughs> I, <laughs> preach, I preach, that. sister, preach. I'll be here preaching on this Friday, Friday morning. Honey, we need, we need it. We're the congregation, honey. <laughs> right. All right. Well, before we let you go, we have, first of all, we just love talking with you and getting to know you. But before we let you go, we do a popcorn round at the end of our episodes where we just ask you a quick question and you just answer first thing that comes to your mind, just something fun and easy. Yeah. Cocktails or coffee? Ooh, cocktails. Yeah, Come girl. On. What's your go-to <laughs> cocktail? Ooh, um, I love an old-fashioned. 
Mm, okay. Yeah, I can see that about you. Bourbon girl. Yeah, she, she likes is. it. Okay. She likes it. All right. Yeah. What is your must-have beauty product? Oh. Ooh, my must-have. See now, I'm like skincare or makeup. Let's um, go both. Um, yeah, let's hear both. Because your skin is gorgeous. It's stunning. I would stop you on a train too. I would too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. I would. <laughs> you guys are so nice. Um, so skincare products, I cannot live without some good serum. So like a hyaluronic acid serum, mm-hmm. really great keeping that glow and that plumpness. Um, makeup product, a, a red lip always, mm. even though I'm not wearing one today, but a red lip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a bold lip. Yeah. Yes. Do you have like a signature red that's like Aisha yes. Bow red? Yes, it is. So what is it's it? the Stilla Stay All Day Liquid Lipstick in Beso. And it's like the perfect red. I mean, it's a very true red and it looks good on everyone I've recommended it to. So check it out. Ah. Okay. It's so good. And it, um, so it's a liquid lipstick and then it dries matte, but it's not drying. Like it, your lips stay moisturized. Yeah, so I do not like I, a matte dry, like sticky. Thing. Yeah, yeah where you're like, yeah, your lips are cracking. No, yeah. it's a good one. Okay, so just put a little Vaseline on and uh-huh. then put that on top. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I love my Aquaphor. That's, that's my product. <laughs> <laughs> I rub that on. It's like my Windex. It heals everything, you know. <laughs> I love it. Spray a little Windex on. <laughs> Honey, you fell down, little Windex. A little Windex. Go yeah. get that Aquaphor. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, this one kind of goes along with the self-love, self-care. What feature about you makes you you? Ooh, I think these days it's the hair. It's the big hair. God, I love the hair. <laughs> it's the big hair. The people the people love it, you know, so I just, you know. It's fantastic. It's living its best life. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Say it's living its life. best life? Yeah. <laughs> She and I, we get into a little spats every here and there. Um, today, mm-hmm. she's 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 doing a good job. She knew we were going to be on camera, so mm-hmm. she's she's calming it down a little bit. But yes, it's the hair. <laughs> it's the hair. I love it so much because it's so your personality too. Have you always had this hair? No, that's the thing. So when I, so my mom gave me a relaxer when I was like seven. So okay. she straightened my hair. Yeah, and I had it straight. I started going natural almost four years ago. It'll be four years in August. So I cut my hair all the way off. Guys, I like was freaking out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, but it, it grew back, and I'm, I'm very happy with um, how it is. And I, I feel like I've, I've always needed to have big hair. I don't know. I feel like it fits my personality. It's your, I was going to say it it's is. your personality. But, but I can see you though, like in the fashion industry, like let's let's right. cut it all. Let's you know be this mm-hmm. beautiful Nubian princess kind of yeah. like right. you know vibe. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. that would really work too. Well, speaking of yeah, Fashion yeah. Week, do you have a memory of Fashion Week, like one yeah. that sticks out in your mind, a good, juicy Fashion Week story? Mm. Ooh, a good, juicy Fashion Week story. Oh, my goodness. Um, hmm. There was one time I was working at an agency, and so we are in charge of putting together the seating chart before each show and, you know, figuring out which editor sits where and who sits where. And um, it's a very tricky job because the people in the fashion industry are very particular about where they sit now. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. <laughs> uh, they must be in front row. Every yes, day. yes. So they can be seen. I mean, I watch Rachel Zoe. I know that that happens. <laughs> yes. Right. 
And um, there was one editor. Yes, it was an editor from a French magazine. And she was very upset that she was not front row. And so my boss, the owner of our PR firm, kind of went over to her and was like, you know, we had this seat for you. It's a great seat, et cetera, et cetera. And she was not having it, this, this French editor. And she smacked my boss in the face. Wow. She was like, <laughs> she, cause they like got into a back and forth conversation and like, my boss is like this little petite lady and she's just like, she's like, you know, this is, you know, this is not your seat. You're going to have to move. You can't just sit in someone else's seat. And so she like smacked her in the face. The French. The French. Lots of passion there. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, that's not how we do it over here. But across uh so um that was like very scandalous so where'd she sit (laughs) she sat in the alley on the sidewalks she was probably gone security escorted her out promptly oh that's um, right that was uh that was like had the office abuzz for days after that and it was in like all the fashion magazines Mm -hmm. and everything so that was that was interesting and i was like whoa so, yeah. That's hysterical. <laughs> That's Ooh. amazing. Yeah. Okay, it's to wrap like, up. I'm not going to get in trouble for sharing it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, she, I don't know. She may listen in. We, we don't have a very big, wide range of listeners in France. No, we but, don't. I mean, no. you know, not yet anyway. Except that we're working no. on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's our target market. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, to wrap up, what's your best piece of advice that you would give? women who are maybe struggling with destination addiction like we talked about before um it just just mainly just to be happy where you are so I know that like every circumstance is different and everyone's life is completely different but finding you know the small goodness in each day I think is really 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 important and it's going to keep you going Mm. Uh, I think just taking, you know, little moments to be still and quiet and just think about like what it is you have or look at yourself in the mirror. Like, wow, I kind of, you know, my, I look a little cute today or, you know, my brows are looking nice today or just, just something, just finding those small moments in each day to fill yourself with some joy or gratitude, I think is the biggest piece of advice I can give anyone. Um, because you know, every day is different. It's not always going to be perfect. You know, you're not perfect. Um, but you know, your life is, is so much more than the negativity that you're experiencing. And that doesn't make you so it'll be okay. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Gosh, we needed this today. So tell our listeners where they can find you. Yes. So I hang out mainly on Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram at Aisha Bow. Um, I also have a blog, AishaBow.com. On YouTube, it's YouTube.com slash Aisha Bow. I make it very easy. Okay. Yeah, that's easy. That's good. <laughs> and then rewritten. My podcast is rewritten, the Aisha Bow podcast. So, yeah. Well, Uh-oh. thank you so much for coming on. It was so nice to meet you and talk with you today. Oh, Sarah and Courtney, it was so, so, so lovely to talk to both of you. Mm-hmm. And I, you, you both just brightened my day. I don't know. You just have like great spirit about you and being you able too. to see you too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you so much. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Rise with Renaissance is a women's initiative that our partner, Renaissance Bank, developed to show support for women all over the South who are striving to do it all. Whether you're looking to lead, create, or grow, Rise with Renaissance's mission is to support women on their journey to success. Visit risewithrenaissance.com to learn more and read about some of the women who inspired this initiative. All right, I'm going to tell you one thing. I wish that I had the confidence that Aisha had at the age that she's at. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I felt like I was talking to like a six-year-old. Yeah. Like wise beyond her years. Uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. I loved what she said about how you got to let go of the things that don't serve you anymore. Because I feel like in my 41 years of life that that has taken me, that's one of the longest and hardest lessons that I feel like I've learned Mm -hmm. was that there's a season for everything. You know what I mean? Like for uh, friendships, for relationships, for, you know, committees that you serve on or things that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Like everything has a season and then you let it go. Mm -hmm. You don't have to get like hamster on a wheel, try to keep up with all these relationships and these things and know everything about every friend. And you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And you know, we talked about this before um, on the podcast many times, just about turning 40 and how it kind of changes your mentality changes of going from this wanting to please, wanting to do it all to kind of looking like, you know what? That's not good for me. I got to do what I got to do. It's not good for me. It's not good for my family. Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. I can't. Yeah, I can't. But it's way easier to see it now versus when I was in my late twenties, early thirties. Like it's it's easier to see it, and you know, hopefully that just keeps getting easier and easier. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's also like I don't have the energy for it. <laughs> no, I really don't. I mean, I barely can make it to carpool without a B twelve. Yeah. Well, think about like high school. I mean, in college, you had tons of friends. Yeah. And it was like you did. You had the energy to invest in them, to listen to the stories, to go out and have fun and hang out and get to know them and get to know their friends. And then as you get in your 20s, you start working, you start dwindling down. It's yeah. more about seeing these people on the weekends. You, your college friends are in different, everybody's in different cities. Right. Then it changes again once everyone starts having children, getting married, moving off. It, starts dwind- it just starts dwindling down almost. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So you moved back to your hometown, clearly, mm-hmm. after you graduated. First of all, you never thought you would do that, correct? Never thought I would move yes. back to my hometown. And then, like, do you have friends that you still, like, let's divide up the different groups. Like, because you've got college friends, mm-hmm. high school friends, college friends, and then, like, what I would call professional life friends, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. then you got your whole bachelor thing. And then mom friends and well, Now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Room moms. <laughs> yeah, room moms. Room moms. Okay, so start at the beginning. Like college for I mean, high school friends. High school friends, yeah. And that was kind of hard coming back to my hometown because oh, sure. I was nervous about these high school friends. Am I going to be expected to be like best friend? Are we going to go back to the way it was in high school? Yeah. Like, I kind of yeah. hope not. I yeah. don't know. And yeah. a lot of those people I had let go already. Yeah. And moved on from. Mm-hmm. And I was almost dreading coming back into those relationships. Mm-hmm. And it, it it did, but they were different. Yeah. Like I came back. Everybody changes. Yeah. I think that's one thing that we don't think too. Like I've changed so much. <laughs> well, congratulations. So has everybody else. <laughs> everybody around you know, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> uh-huh. Congratulations. Um, okay. What about college? So that's kind of like me. Like I've, I've, I love, love, love my high school people. Mm-hmm. I probably still am in regular contact, know what's going on with three. Gosh, you are really close to your high school friends now that I think about it. Uh-huh. Like a, a group of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But three or four, I'm like, I would say like texts on the pretty regular. Okay. See, my friends like that are my after college friends. Well, okay, now twenties. Okay, I got that group too. That's, uh-huh. <laughs> That's my girls. Yeah. Well, there's a group of like Savannah girls. Yeah, that mm-hmm. I say, but the, I didn't graduate with all those girls. Those are kind of all over the map. But yes, I I am with them a lot. But then, so the college girls. I went to school in Mississippi. You know, mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. all my people live in Mississippi. Yeah. Nobody lives this way. What yeah. about you? Oh, well, I went to Tennessee, but my friends are everywhere. Yeah. They're all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I stay in touch. I'm pretty close with like two mm-hmm. friends from college. Mm-hmm. Really. I mean, it's kind of sad Two. to say that. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had a big group of friends, but then it just kind of, you know, just gets, gets smaller. Well, it's the maintenance. Yeah. And everybody lives everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'd say, I mean, I keep in touch with them, you know, and I know what's going on, but I don't, like, on the daily know what's happening. Right. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, I barely know what that is with Jason half the time. And then, you know, like, in my 20s, I met a bunch of people that, a lot of them, well, two of my best friends we're at Tennessee with me, and I knew them there, but we didn't get to be close until we moved to Nashville. Okay. And we were all there and just started kind of hanging out. Right. And, you know, got to know each other better on a different in a different way. Yeah. But that's who I've done life with. Like, yeah. Been at their weddings. Yeah. Been, you know, when they were having babies, and same for me, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like just life. We've mm-hmm. been doing life with them for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and not really with that group of college, not really with the high school. No. Well, your focus narrows, you know, mm-hmm. and your interest narrows. And I feel like at each stage, you kind of hone in more on mm-hmm. like who you are and who you want your tribe to be. Yeah. You know? Well, I think I had something interesting happen in my life. Okay. <laughs> Reality TV. Yes. So I think my, my group got small fast. I can see that. So when I, after doing The Bachelor, as I was going, as I was, you know, we filmed, Mm-hmm. And then when I came back and lived, went on with my daily life, and people had not seen the show. So as it kept going, it was like, wait, wait, you're still in it? Like, whoa, whoa. Who, what's it going to, you know? And I had people saying like, oh, my God, Travis is so hot. Can you set me up? And I was like, girl. Yeah. You know, what do you, how do you know I didn't win? You know, yeah, how do you yeah. know I don't have, how do you know I'm engaged to this yeah, guy? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of weird stuff. Yeah. And then those friends that were so close to me, or, you know, like that group going out that we talked to, all the, you know, say, hang out with. Then I started hearing, like, things they would say. About you? About me. Or, like, yeah. Sarah said this, or Sarah's going here Friday night. Mm. And, like, they were talking about work, and it would end up in these, like, gossip column things. Oh, gosh. You know, and I'm like, how would, how would this... Like blog, because that's when everybody was like blogging about oh, everything, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How would this blog know that I go to the gym at four o'clock? Yeah. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, kind of a thing. Travis happens to be there. You know, and then it's like all these people were there. And then I ended up getting in trouble, like, because it was like I was telling everybody what I was doing. I'm like, I am not the one telling, you know, it was just, it was nuts. And then I started hearing, like, what do you mean? In trouble from who? Well, the bachelor people. Like, I wasn't supposed to be at this gym at the same time Travis was there. And it was like, oh. well, they were seen, you know, it was just a mess. It yeah. was just, it's so, it sounds so nuts, but this was like my no, life. No, it was your life. So then, like, I would hear that, oh, I saw Sarah at Walgreens, and she didn't speak to me. Like, uh-huh. she's gotten so big that she just thinks uh-huh. she's the you-know-what now. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait a second. If you saw me, like, why, why didn't, didn't you, you speak? speak to me? I think I, maybe time, I just actually. didn't see you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so all these people that were my friends, I just was done with that. Yeah. I was like, okay, fine. If you think I'm... I don't I'm have time big. to chase around. If I'm too big yeah. for my britches, like, then bye. Yeah. I'm too big for you now, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. see ya. I mean, it was just nuts. So I feel like I just, and I kind of became a little more of a recluse when, I, when it all started coming out and, like, people were really, like, showing up at my doors. And I just kind of got to this, like, oh, I'm just not going to go anywhere. Showing up at your doors. 
Yeah, like I had like weird things dropped off at my door. Like my apartment was, everybody knew where I lived. And then I was like, I don't want to stay here. Like weird people. And yeah, it was just, it's crazy. So what about the people that you've known forever? Did those relationships dwindle? No, that's who I went, I stayed at their house. <laughs> it's like I'm moving in. Yeah. Like my friend Shannon, her, she and her husband had just gotten married. And actually, no, they had just had their baby. Uh-huh. And I was like, hey guys, so I know you got this new baby and things, yeah. but like, I don't want to stay by myself. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. Yeah. Thing. So, um, you know, that's, I guess that's when I became closer with those people too, because yeah. I did lose some of those. I don't want to say they're like insignificant friends, but just, just yeah. those people in your life. What do you feel like you learned? That you don't need a million friends. Uh-huh. You don't need that. You just need a good three or four. But you learned that at like 30. Yeah, yeah. See, I didn't learn that till I was probably, uh, I don't know, 36, 37. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was, um, I felt like a, that I had to like keep up, mm-hmm. like maintain all these relationships. Yeah. And my close friends would go, why are you doing this? Like, ain't nobody stressing out about keeping up with you. Why are you trying to keep up with... And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like I made this investment. Like, it was important to me. You know how much I love community and connection. Yeah, yeah. It's very important to me. But what I have realized is that what she's talking about is how the things that aren't serving you back... Mm-hmm. Let it go. Let it go. Well, it's interesting you say that, too, because I do think you're a pleaser. You're a people pleaser. Totally. You want to be. And mm-hmm. there's also something, too, in your 30s, if you if you have children, where you want to or feel like you need to be friends with their moms. Yeah. And I, I feel like really- some of that happens naturally. Like, the kids that you're, I mean, where you are, age and stage, is mm-hmm. a huge part of, like, because, number one, what else are you doing besides sitting at a ballpark? You yeah. Know, for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm at the soccer field, the baseball field. The, you know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. where I am. Yeah. Um, basketball, sidelines. And so, like, I know the more children you have, the more those people around you, like, that's who you see. Yeah. And, it's and that's harder. who you need. <laughs> you it's, need these women. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and too, I think you identify quickly, or I did, as you learn, as you move through school, like, you know, and I keep learning this lesson, who, what about co-parenting and lateral parenting and mm-hmm. like, who, who's a ally for you as a mom mm-hmm. you know yeah oh yeah and I don't know it just keep I feel like God keeps refining that and refining that no matter like what stage that you are mm-hmm. in and maybe for a long time I mean if I'm just being totally honest I I tried to be the one that controlled all those moving pieces and at the end of the day it's really not up to me you know what I mean yeah oh yeah it's just life and fate and and seasonal relationships mm-hmm. yeah and yeah, it's better. But I think it's important, too, to, to remember that you have to be open to those relationships. Like, if you totally. think you just got your core friends yeah. and you're going to sit at the ballpark by yourself, totally. like, not, you, know, you don't need that either. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> like, just like the getaway, right? Yeah. So we go on this getaway, and I feel like a lot of people were apprehensive about, like, mom camp, you know, like mm-hmm. we're going to mom camp and going to meet, you know, I don't need any more friends. I got all the friends I need. You know, I've yeah. said it. Mm-hmm. I've said it too. But then I go there and there's 30 people I don't know. Well, 20 people I don't know. And I'm like, oh, wait, mm-hmm. they're really great people. <laughs> <laughs> they're my friends too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think the level of friendship is different now. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's a level thing. It's a commitment thing. You've got to have your core friends. Yeah. And then from there, and that's three or four. You need to be, you need to have friends. Yeah. Of all walks of life in all different areas Mm -hmm. so that you can go out to dinner with different people, hear what's going on in different 
you know, in their life at, at 50. Yeah. I love having friends of Ooh, different ages. Too. Like yes. older women me too. are so Please good. Please pour into so me. So good. Yes. 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 <laughs> Find like, someone older adopt me. Take <laughs> me in. Yes. Wind beneath my wings. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yes. Adopt me. I know there's a there's a woman that I think of and I talk about her a lot because she I, when she gives me advice on her children mm-hmm. I just love the way she and her husband have raised their their children mm-hmm. they're good kids I've watched her kids when I met them I think they were maybe middle school maybe okay. not even so I watched them all go all through high school and now they're in college now they're about to graduate college which is crazy to me but she would sit there on the edge of the pool and just like Pop a beer. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was coming in with young kids like, did I get the floaties? Do I have the right sunscreen? Do I have the snacks? Do I have this and that? And like, do I look okay? And is my hair okay? And did I, you know, yeah, all that. And she's sitting there with like a six pack, like, mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like, put it up. Okay, you trying to Just keep sit up down. Yeah. Just sit down. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I've got to stay on top of these kids. And she's like, they're in the baby pool. Yeah. Just pop a beer and sit down. Okay. You know, and I'm yeah. like, huh. yeah. Okay. So, I just, like, I don't know where I'm going off with that, but I just appreciate that so much. Yeah. So I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, everybody somebody, needs somebody like that. Well, and I mean, just somebody to go, you're going to do, you're doing a good job. You know, mm-hmm. I remember that was one thing I needed so much as a young mom to go, they're going to be fine. You're doing a good job. You're doing all the right things. You're doing all the wrong things, but it doesn't matter because they're going to be okay anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I still feel like I need that. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I think. I think we always need that, you know, mm-hmm. just that affirmation that like you're in it, you're good, you have your people, and you next, yeah. you know, next, huh? Yeah. But that also kind of circles back to what she's talking about, self love, yeah, and being happy within yourself and being able to, you know, find that within. Okay, and I'm gonna tell you what I did today. So Jason for Christmas, you know, I t- told you that we had like the beginning of last year before COVID, we had done yoga at the Mm -hmm. same time together. Yeah, yeah. We've never worked out together, never anything. And I was like, let's try it. (laughs) And he was all in, of course. He did it. And I wouldn't say all in, but he agreed. He was there. He agreed and he went (laughs) and we did it. And it was good. But for Christmas, I think he could tell like, Post COVID, I needed like some Zen moments, and so he got me a good certificate to go back to yoga. And so I went today. I scheduled it, went, and you know the rat race of hashtag life, and you just hey, are you a yoga person at all, Courtney? Uh, no, you can barely take a bath or sit still. Yeah. You can barely ride an elevator. <laughs> okay, so I yeah I am so. I I go in and I sit down and she goes, first thing, like, she goes, what's going on? Like, how are you feeling? And I was like, well, (laughs) Uh I'm just like, well, things have been a little tense. Like I'm a little, I'm a little tense and like, I need this to get back into my practice or whatever. And she goes, okay, well, let's get it, Lena, let's get started. We just small talk, small talk. I sat down and she was like, deep breaths, you know, whatever. And she was like, okay. Look inside, like check on her. What about her on the inside? Why don't you tell her hi? And when she said that, I lost it. <laughs> I just start because I don't, besides my bath, I, but even then, like I don't like check in on me. On you. It's probably thinking about other people. Like, it's did I get this done? Is everybody good? Constantly thinking yeah. about other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not that I'm like the servant to people, right. but what I am is. All those pinball thoughts, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That are just like, did I get that? Did I call my grandmother? Did I do, you know, are the clothes washed? We got a ball game in the morning. We got friends coming over, you know, mm-hmm. and just, I mean, the same stuff that everybody else has. But what I'm saying is when you're intentional to slow down and you look at yourself and go, well, how is she inside? 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you started crying? I did. So. And I was like, Lauren, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I apparently, you know, got some stuff happening. She's like, I'm just, you know, be you, get, be in the moment, whatever. I cried the first 15 minutes of class. <laughs> But I can't tell you the last time I've cried over yeah. something, too. So I think it you was need like that cry. a cleansing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yes, yeah. Um, I don't know. Everybody y'all, needs a good cry. Right y'all would probably DM me and tell me what a softy I am and, you know, No, I think whatever. it's funny that you would do it in, in yoga. I don't know where it came from. Yeah. I, I do know. that in the car. When I, if I'm going to cry, it's – I'm not if. When I cry, yeah. it's in the car. Yeah. Like by myself. Yeah. Like do you like turn on, on like – Oh, yeah. It'll yeah. be like a Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. It's, Rod, it's always Rod. It's always Rod. Well, he, it comes on. This is so crazy, but for those who don't know, my mom passed away, and she loved Rod Stewart. Yeah. So it's like it never fails. I'll get in the car, like I'm upset about something or stressed out, whatever it may be, and Rod Stewart will come on yeah. the radio. Yeah. It just, it always does. And yeah. it's just like this assurance that like, it's going to be okay. Oh, and I, I always, will, I'll just like start bawling, crying. And, yeah. And I feel better. And it really is okay. I know. So. I, I felt better after my class today. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just taking that time to carve out for you and take care of you, which is what she's talking about, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, people stopping her on the street and asking her about her makeup and her hair and all this stuff and you know it's because she takes care of herself yeah and i think when you have that energy and you're putting that energy out i totally believe it's palpable and that people can feel that and pick up on that Mm -hmm. because you know the relationships where you're not being served and what i mean by that is like the toxic people in your life the people that you leave the conversation or whatever with and you're just like I can't. Like, I got. I, I need to walk around the block. I got to breathe a second. Like, yeah. it's too much. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just that radar, that temperature gauge of where you are with all those relationships. Yeah. Well, Courtney, you are very passionate about this. I know. It's one of your things. It is. I mean, I'm just, I'm a huge connection person. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge community person. And so, you know, for me to be able to be reflective enough, I feel like at this stage in life to just... um I don't know, to make better choices for me and my time and my energy and my effort. It's it just, you know, it's always something that I um, want to learn more about, yeah. right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. never stop growing in that area. Yeah. And Same. And then we all need work. I mean, I need work on that. You're good at this because this is who you, you're a communicator. You're a talker. I you're am. a feeler. You're yes. a lover. You're like, oh, I'm going to yeah. cry in yoga. Yeah. And I am the opposite. I yeah. am like, hold it in. Not going to let it show. Yeah. Mask it up. Yeah. You know, keep it to myself. Yeah. Kind of a person. Yeah. So I think, not that it's any easier or harder, but like for me to like, for me to cry in yoga, like yes. something is wrong, yeah. wrong. Like help, send help, send help. <laughs> if I'm crying, not my mind for sure. So I think, I mean, it's different for everybody, but I think it's it's hard for me to like slow down mm-hmm. and look within. Well, you gotta let yourself slow down. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, and that's why I'm, that was my New Year's resolution. And I don't know that I'm doing very How's it good. going. Not real well. Wow. I mean, I've started walk now that the weather's. You yeah. know, we went from winter to now it's you know yeah. 85 degrees. It's summer, but I'm trying to walk more, start working out again. Um, I tried to take a bath. <laughs> I knew the bath thing. Not no, it's not me. Not me. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out, Courtney. Well, you know what she said today? She was like, whatever it is for you, if it's meditation, if it's yoga, if it's a walk around the block, if it's running, mm-hmm. like people can find that yeah. center space for them. Whatever it is, lean into it. <laughs> All right, guys. If you have anything to say about this topic, we'd love to hear about it in our DMs, um, messages. You know, we always love to hear your comments. It is so fun to it hear is people. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Johnson. To hear you it's great. Yes. My, well, you know, get it honest. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Say It Southern. Bye. Bye.